love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. There's something to be said for being scared and doing it anyways. And I believe that's part of what falling in love feels like. And there's such a parallel between that and a creative experience. It's going to help you overcome something and become your future self, become perhaps a better version of yourself, a more authentic version of yourself. That's what love feels like. Today's love story belongs to a terrific trio of women. Kristen, Steph, and Erin first became creative collaborators, and the magic they discovered led to a deep and rewarding friendship. Now they're joining forces to encourage others to tap into their creativity with a collective called Curiosity Club. This is the Canadian Love Map. Hello, you three. I have to say it has been a rare occurrence that we have three such creative guests in the studio at one time. Well, we're certainly happy to be here together. We are. Thank you for having us. We call ourselves a chosen family. <laughs> a chosen family. I love that. And and Kristen, you've been chosen twice on the Canadian Love Map. You're a repeat guest, and I'm so glad to have you back for this uh, whole other project. Oh my gosh. I really love that we're back for a Canadian Love Map as a group of friends. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to highlight all kinds of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think we need to get right into how this trio formed. How did you three become a chosen family? I think that all really starts. I think, Steph, you almost have to start the story because <laughs> you are, yeah, you're the beginning, the beginning part. Yeah, I guess, Nancy, it started in spring of 2020. I used to be a school teacher and during the pandemic decided that I wanted to switch things up. Erin uh, photographed my husband and my like our wedding and I loved her so much as our photographer that I decided I really wanted to learn from her. So I asked her to be my mentor and she luckily said yes. And then we decided together that it would be a really fun project to start photographing artists and people that we really loved and who inspired us. And Kristen and Mike were on the top of our list. So we contacted them to see if we could come photograph them in their home at Magic Land, as they call it, in their studios. 
And that honestly really started a really beautiful friendship and what we call the chosen family. And we've really, uh, really blossomed individually and together, I would say, in the last few years. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we go back and talk about each of your stories individually before we get into this new creative combination? Erin, mm. do you want to start since you're on camera left for me? <laughs> Well, I'm a born and raised Nova Scotian gal, and I think I was always heavily influenced by the arts community and creators in general, because I grew up in a family who owns a business in Halifax called Jennifer's of Nova Scotia. We've always been big celebrators and um, advocates for lifting up the voices of other artists and supporting only local um since day one in the store. So I was always definitely very influenced and and was shown that um, to be an entrepreneur and to be an artist was a very viable career. Nobody in my parents' family went to university. So I definitely grew up in, in a home of two parents who worked very hard um, with the little education they had and, and, and built this beautiful, successful business. Um, but always wanted for me and for my sister to, of course, have the path that they didn't get to take, which is, you know, the traditional one going to school and everything. So, so I went to university for a year and two months. <laughs> the first year I already knew that it was not for me, but that first summer back after university, talking to my girlfriends and everything throughout the summer, I just kept saying to them, I don't think this is for me. I don't think that this is where I'm called to be. I don't think this is the avenue for me. And oh, it's just at summertime, you know, that's that's what's going on there. And sure enough, I went back and within like a few days of being back at school, I was just everything in my being was screaming at me that this was not where I was meant to be. This was not the path that I was meant to take. Um, so I walked right into that registrar's office and said, how do I go home? <laughs> um, of course, all of the conversations, are you okay? Do you need to get your head checked? And I'm like, no, actually, my head's screwed on very right right now. I really know that this is not where I'm supposed to be. But then I continued to flounder for a few years even after that, even though I knew that a traditional route wasn't where I was meant to be. Um, I still don't think that I felt like I could take the creative path that I always felt burning innately inside of me because maybe for whatever reason I needed to show my parents that they did a good job and um, make them proud for all the hard work that they put in. Um, and so I dabbled in like retail jobs, you know, and all of the waitressing and all of that. And um, photography was always something that I was interested in, even before cell phones with cameras existed. I was always walking around with my film camera or, you know, my little, yeah, Crayola digital camera. I had one of those. And so photography was always something that I did on the side. It was never, I never even thought of it as a creative artistic thing. Um, but I had enough friends yelling at me for years and years and years asking me, why are you wasting your talents? Why are you going to a nine to five where you're clearly so miserable every day when you have this like beautiful, you this gift that you could be offering to people and that could be how you're living your life. So by the grace of beautiful community of my friends and, and people around me, I, I took the leap and thank God that I did because if I hadn't, taken the leap and the bravery to put myself out there, I wouldn't have met Steph. And if Steph, you hadn't been brave enough to reach out to me, I mean, remember, I wasn't even going to do your wedding because I was booked and busy 
like every day leading up to her wedding. And I said, you know, I'm going to have a few weddings before yours. And I really just don't feel right coming to yours because I'll feel like I won't be able to give you my best self. And we didn't even know each other. But Steph was like, I don't care. I just I love your photography. And I just feel like you're supposed to be there. I said, okay, well, this woman really wants me there. So I'll go. And the first time that we met, it was almost um, I looked in your eyes and it was like, oh, there you are. Hi, yeah. friend. <laughs> um, but, and so thank God. Thank God I said yes. And then you being brave enough, Steph, to know that we needed models and people to practice with for you. And you cold called Kristen. We did not know Kristen and Mike. And we just walked into their house. And <laughs> the rest is history, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And and Steph, I love the fact that you said, I just feel like you're supposed to be there. Tell me about your story. I also uh, hail from Amherst, Nova Scotia. I live in Cape Breton now. Cape Breton's always been a big part of my heart. And I've always been a creative person. I was a creative kid, an artistic kid. And uh, I just followed the path of my mom. My mom was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. And so I thought, oh, I'll be a teacher too. But um, yeah, like I said, during the pandemic, I just felt this call to live a more creative life and that need to call myself an artist and just wanting to step into that more. And I always loved photography and that felt really good to me. Uh, now I, I still do photography, but I feel myself expanding and exploring all the time. And these two women definitely make me feel like I, I can do anything. We just uh, did a play together. They supported me through doing a one-woman show called Her Beautiful Brain. But it wasn't really a one-woman show because I had Kristen uh, helping me so much and Aaron helping me so much with producing and lighting and Kristen providing the art gallery where it was. So I really feel like I'm in this phase of my life of just wanting to keep dreaming and, and helping other artists and creatives to keep dreaming. Mm -hmm. And we're going to come back to that one woman show after we pop over to Kristen, yes. who of course is an artist, an author, a podcaster. What aren't you, Kristen, really? <laughs> I am those things now, but it certainly took a number of years to arrive in this place. I too grew up in small town Nova Scotia on a farm and used to be very dazzled by this idea of city life and the glitz and the glamour and my name and lights. I remember my parents had their set of stairs uh, outfitted with that orange shag carpet from the 70s. And I would oh, sit yeah. on the stairs pretending that I was riding the subway in New York. No so way. this was my little kid imagination getting the best of me. And I would go play runaway with the field of cows out back. These were my <laughs> closest friends. So I always had this vivid imagination. But when you come from such a small place, it feels unattainable to live this life as an artist. And it's really only the last few years that I've had the confidence and the network to feel supported that this is something I can actually pursue. And now that I'm here, it feels like this sense of belonging that I can't believe it's taken this long. Mm -hmm. But it's also been a, a group effort to to come here. I think it's very uh, emotional and rewarding to to know that there's others with that lived experience. So here we are together. Well, and it, you all have that inspiring story of having lived more conventional lives and maybe lived the lives that other people expected as well to some extent and having the courage to break free of that and follow your own path. So I think that resonates with so many 
creative people out there who have suppressed their creativity through much of their lives. And I know that's what you're going to talk about. Kristen, first, I want you to tell me what was it like when these two landed on your doorstep from your perspective? If you're someone that likes the limelight like me and (laughs) two professional photographers ask if they can do a photo shoot of you, it was a big yes. (laughs) I was... I don't want to say I was surprised, but I was just so grateful that they were who they were as people. I could see their talents just as an outcome of the work that they had shared, but they have become my two closest friends and I've learned so much from them creatively and just spiritually. Uh, We flow in a way that it never feels like work. Everything has been very easy and seamless and inspiring for us. We just today spent the morning together and made a point to really open up about the importance of communication and honesty and being who we are day to day, no matter what that means. And that's not something that everyone gets to have in their life. So I just feel so grateful that they were raw and vulnerable and I get to just follow their lead. Well, that's great. I love the fact that since we last spoke to you, Kristen, you've had a big development, I would say, By creating a place, is it a place or is it a way of thinking called Togetherland? Tell us about that. Togetherland is the anti-art gallery, art gallery, (laughs) that is located in this tiny community called Ingramport, Nova Scotia, in a church hall that was essentially abandoned for years. And by way of the universe, it landed in my lap and I have developed it into a space that, yes, it's an art gallery in a studio, but I started curating events there and was witnessing people have kind of a first time of something, that that feeling of this is the first time I've maybe done public speaking or performed a show or even attended something like this for some people. And it's really become a community hub that the folks have rallied together to do everything from fundraising to workshops. And most recently, we hosted Steph with her one-woman show that she wrote and performed uh, in honor and recognition of her daughter, Molly. And it was so beautiful. And that was another reminder of the power of what coming together can look like. When we Mm -hmm. talked before, Kristen, you said that this magic kind of swirled around this project for you three, that you just seamlessly found yourselves working together in quite a perfect way. Steph, maybe you could tell us about the show and how that came together with these two. Last winter, we did the Artist's Way together. Uh, We just decided that it might be a neat thing to do in the winter to kind of get us through the winter. There was about seven or eight of us women that did it. The Artist's Way is a program, a 12-week program that was created by Julia Cameron in 1994 or 1995, I believe. So it's over 25 years old. Um, But it's a really beautiful program that's done all over the world with lots of different groups of people. And it's just aimed to for people to get a better look into themselves and to maybe uncover, rediscover uh, their creative path or an artistic, uh, more of an artistic sense in them. Really anyone I believe can do the program because I believe everybody is creative in some way, shape or form. Um, 
so last year when I did the program, it was the second time that I'd done it. And there was this one question that Julia Cameron posed, which was, if you weren't too scared or fearful to do something, what would you do? And I instantly wrote down in a stream of consciousness, write a play. I had never had that thought before, but it just came out of me and I just ran with it and wrote it. Um, I wasn't sure where to do it. And then I thought, why not ask Kristen if I can do it at her beautiful art gallery? Because I, I just knew that I'd feel at home there. Um, I had been a part of lots of plays before, but this was something totally different to be primarily the only person on stage carrying a show. Um, so, and the subject matter was was very personal to me. It was a memoir style play uh, about my experience being a special needs mom to a special needs little girl. And I just felt this need to want to just give people, I guess, an inside look of what it's like to be a special needs family. I felt a lot of safety to do it at Togetherland. And the response, I believe, um, was was really beautiful. People, it resonated with them. And it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. And it was really from that that we discovered, oh, wait, we, we really love working together. Let's keep doing, let's keep doing this. So take me to that night, if you don't mind, of the performance. It's one thing to have the idea. It's one thing to write the play. But altogether, another thing to actually be in that moment when you are interacting with the audience and sharing something vulnerable and personal in such a powerful way. What was it like for you? That's a great question. At first, it was a bit of chaos because we didn't think that Kristen and Mike were going to make it. They were actually, they thought they were going to be stuck in L.A., <laughs> that first night, but they did make it. Um, but that really showed me Aaron stepped up and did all the sound and the lighting. And then Kristen and Mike did show up and it was just this beautiful moment. Kristen saw the art gallery in a totally different way. She loved how Aaron had put her paintings as the backdrop. And we used uh, Kristen's artwork throughout the stage. The Erlishes that she has was a main point on the stage. So really standing up there, I felt like I had my my powerhouse women next to me up there. And it was just one of those feelings of standing in my power and realizing that I really want other people to feel that exact same way with their art. And that's, yeah, that's kind of where we are, why we're here today, I think. <laughs> yeah. Kristen and Aaron, what was it like for you to watch this unfold and and to take part? I was privy to the dress rehearsal, and that was a core memory, I think, for me now, Steph sitting in that the empty gallery, not knowing if Kristen and Mike were going to make it, not knowing how the whole thing was going to turn out the next day, but uh, sitting in that gallery and going through it with you and hearing your words for the first time and watching you. And then when we did have the shows, especially that first night, that powerful, palpable first night, I felt like I was witnessing you stepping back into your power, stepping back into a part of you that you had forgotten maybe or let go or yeah, back into the form of who you really are and seeing you on the stage just felt so natural and so right. So um, I just, uh, what, uh, witnessing you on that stage felt way more than just watching a play. I was watching a woman that I adore so deeply find herself again. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Kristen, what do you have to add to that? 
it's it's quite something to feel a sense of pride for a friend and standing back in this room that we had just arrived in the province that morning and here we were in the evening my gallery had been transformed they just took control and they were prepared and i i just felt this room full of love and support and the sense of pride was quite emotional there was not a dry eye in the house and it felt like a reclaiming of something that Steph had in her past, this love for theater, that uh, that relationship was tumultuous for a, ver a variety of reasons. And she was rediscovering this part of herself. Seeing that happen in real time is very rare and very special. And for us, too, it was something so memorable. And we realized after having this experience together that we didn't really put a lot of thought into it. We didn't even speak to one another that much throughout the evening. But somehow this magic had unfolded seamlessly. And it was a couple of days later that after I'd caught up on some sleep from the jet lag and travel and these heightened two nights in a row of the performance that I sent a voice memo to Aaron and Steph and said, I just, I can't shake this feeling of knowing that we're supposed to keep going with this. The way that we, came together and curated this one-of-a-kind experiences is something I think we can offer to other people. And that was kind of the birth of this project that we're now on a new path to explore. Yes, Curiosity Club. Just the name gives me what I call truth bumps. <laughs> I love Ooh. it so much. Love it. Tell love us that. about the Curiosity Club and, and what your concept is for it. Curiosity Club is a collective of artists and entrepreneurs with the three of us as the founding members that hope to curate one-of-a-kind experiences for other people. And that can look like a lot of things. We feel like our title, Curiosity Club, is also our mission statement in that we invite you to be curious about what that expression looks like for you. And this idea of club is that there's a sense of belonging as well. We're here to support you. And so in us kind of sharpening our elevator pitch, we realized we're not really advertising ourselves as event planners or managers or just curators, but we're filling a gap that we feel hasn't really been explored yet. So it's an opportunity to have someone come to us and through our collective skill set, be it photography or hosting or right down to having a venue and a podcast and marketing, social media expertise. Throughout all of that, we think it's a unique opportunity that we can create for someone. They just have to be curious about what that looks like. I also think that it's about um, helping to remove the roadblocks for creatives, right? So not, not everybody feels like they have the talents in all of the facets that they would need in order to put on a show. So I think that that was one of the beautiful things we realized with you, Steph, that perhaps m the marketing side of it isn't really something that you feel you're strong in. And maybe that for other people would have been a roadblock because they didn't have people in their life who were going to be able to help that take that burden and figure that out and say, oh, that's easy for me. Let me help you with that so that you could focus on your creativity. So I think, yeah, also just being there to help remove the roadblocks that might have stopped someone from ever getting any further with an with a idea or a curiosity that they wanted to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCentres.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. I don't know if you're gender exclusive, but I'm curious how women supporting women as a theme fits into this. Yeah, I mean, I think our hope is to have all, like all genders, all, all genders involved in Curiosity Club. Uh, but definitely, I can speak to our experiences, the three of us supporting each other as women. And 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 also Mike very much, Kristen's husband has supported us as well and, and seen and been supportive of us three together. Um, Mike's got great I, feminine energy though, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike got- calls Steph and Aaron the sisters he never had. Yes, so they're, yeah, yeah they're his family brother, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's honestly, Nancy, I think sometimes as a creative person or as an artist, it's it can be a lonely, a, a lonely ride sometimes, a lonely adventure. Um, and we want people to feel a little less lonely in that because we've realized collectively that that collaboration, that's where the real magic is. When you can put multiple brains together and multiple hearts together and and really, really create something special. Um, I think it's just that that idea of community is 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 vital. And I think as a society, we are learning that majorly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say magic because Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a book you might be familiar with called Big Magic, and the subtitle yes. is Creative Living Beyond Fear. And mm-hmm. she talks a lot about curiosity and the fact that if you can be curious instead of fearful, you can really lean into your creativity. So mm-hmm. how much of what you're going to do is about getting people past that fear, that roadblock that, you know, prevents them from really leaning in. The first project that we're launching will be going through the process of the artist's way. And as Steph explained, it's a 12-week program. It will be virtual and we're welcoming up to 20 members to join us through this weekly prompts and exercises with hopes of eliminating that fear and introducing them to parts of themselves that maybe have been forgotten, maybe they've never thought about before. So really, it's a tool to help you get to that place where you are ready to think about what does my voice, what's behind my voice? What do I represent? What are my values? And so you can remove some of that fear by going through these prompts and really feeling confident by the end of it. And at the end of this 12 weeks, we're hosting this launch show at the gallery So if you're an aspiring artist, not only do you get to go through this exploration, but you get to have a show at a gallery at the end of it, which is a really cool way to wrap things up and then come together in person if that's available to you and you're local to do that. So here's a question. If someone was listening who thought, oh, they were with you until you said they have to be in a show (laughs) and that's where the fear kicks in, what do you have to say about that? I think the show is very much optional. We never want to push somebody beyond their comfort zone too 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 much. Uh, I think even if they just want to show up and support their fellow participants, and because honestly, the group of women that that we did the Artist Way last year, they all showed up for me 
um, at my performance of Her Beautiful Brain. It was really neat to see other participants in the audience. So I think more than anything, just just coming and showing up and, and, and being there for each other and hoping that maybe in the beginning that might really scare people. And there's, there's, some might say, no, there's no way I'm going to get up and do something. But then maybe maybe their mind will change. And I think that'll be really beautiful to see how it how it unfolds. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that thought that, you know, people may enter into it with the caveat, like, I'm not interested in performing, but all of a sudden, the course works its magic, and mm-hmm. they blossom and they open up to that. Uh, Steph, yep. you obviously had a journey from the time that you started to think about your one-woman play. And I'm very curious about how the feedback you got from women or people who were there that night, how did that make you feel and sort of cement that you had been on the right journey? It really was cemented for me, Nancy, when I had actually asked Kristen to do a Q&A after the play because I thought it might be kind of interesting for people to have an opportunity to ask questions as to why I wrote the play or even um, make some comments or something that resonated with them or just Kristen, such a brilliant uh, questioner. Is that the, what's the word? She's great at asking questions. (laughs) So interviewer. Oh my goodness. Wow. I'm here. (laughs) So I, I thought that would be a really neat thing to do. And, and it was the most powerful a thing because several um, parents and caregivers of kids with special needs got up and spoke and said that uh, there was video. So it was me doing monologues and it was also me sharing personal journals and having videos and photos of my daughter Molly and our family life. And all of the parents and caregivers said that they could have taken Molly out and inserted their own kids and they just felt really seen. And that to me, I wasn't expecting that. And that showed me that I was on the right path, um, that I did have something worth saying in this artistic way. And and uh, yeah, we're hoping to do it again, actually. I, I wasn't even planning for that, but hoping to perhaps take the show on the road. We will be taking the show on the road. <laughs> Mike explained that two shows counts as a tour. <laughs> So we're going on tour, on tour with the show. <laughs> Remembering that Mike is a longtime musician, so he has authority on that subject right? for sure. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think it's fascinating to hear about that feedback because it's interesting that the more personal and vulnerable you get in telling your story, the more others can see themselves in it. And that's been a big learning for me. I would have thought, you know, to, to have your, your message resonate with a lot of people, you'd have to be more general, but it's really the more specific you are. And I'm excited to hear how meaningful it was to people in the audience, not just you. <laughs> oh, it felt people were standing up in what felt like giving testimony that evening. Um, I'll never shake the feeling of that young girl standing up and just the full body shakes and sobs as she just thanked you. Oh, it could make me cry again as she just thanked you for making her feel less alone and um, 
realizing that, uh, oh, that was what she talked about Molly's laugh because there's a clip in the play of Molly's belly laugh and how that laugh just fills that home with so much joy. And this beautiful sister of, of an autistic brother, she was standing up and just sobbing um, because that was what the the laugh of their brother in their home is also exactly what brings their home so much joy and to know that they're that those little things are also what other families hold on to oh it's just yeah it was beautiful it felt it was a beyond powerful experience to be in that space that evening and that moment is also a confirmation of how powerful it is to get past your fear to share Mm -hmm. your story to lean into creativity. And I'm curious about how you're going to help others do that with the Artist's Way course. Tell us a little bit more about what your plans are, although I'm tempted to think you aren't too structured. I don't know how planned you are or how loose your container is. Oh, they're looking at me because I'm the structure girl over (laughs) here. But uh, (laughs) we we make a good balance that way. There's structure in that we understand that facilitating a group of up to 20 people, you we want to make sure that people have time and space to speak up and and be heard and share their voice and story weekly as well. So we will we do have some structure for those weekly calls that will be an hour long ish. But we're also bringing in some surprise guest speakers throughout sprinkling them throughout the weeks that can speak to a more specialized journey. So Mike is one of our guest speakers, our good friend Rose Morrison, who is also a talented musician. She was in the band The Cotters, you might be familiar with. And we know that through their guidance and expertise that there will be more of that one-on-one opportunity for the participants. And we're Steph is a Yoga Nidra instructor, so she's going to be facilitating some guided Yoga Nidras throughout this to help bring out some more of that creative energy and we have we're also offering some one-on-one coaching if that's something that the participants feel they could benefit from so we're trying to consider this community feel but if there's someone that really requires that little bit extra then we hope to offer that as well it sounds like the most amazing feast or buffet <laughs> Yeah, um, and I know that one of the one of the delicious entrees is uh, the morning pages, which is a big mm-hmm. part of the artist's way. Can you mm-hmm. tell me a little bit more about that, Steph? You mentioned free writing before, but let's talk specifically about the morning pages. Yeah, so Julia Cameron asks uh, everyone to write three pages every single morning in a stream of consciousness. So meaning you're not thinking about what you're writing or editing yourself. You're just, you're just writing, which we often talk about is, is really hard. Um, Oftentimes people get stumped, I think, or find it really frustrated, frustrating in the beginning. I know when I first started writing morning pages three years ago, I definitely paused a lot, found myself editing myself, and then eventually I got into this rhythm of just letting go, that process of letting go, which is a really beautiful thing. And actually last night, Mike pointed out to me, he was like, Steph, I think your stream of consciousness that you do every morning with writing is now turning into your everyday life when you're speaking, because I was just... just giving him some ideas of things to do with his band, the town heroes and, and not even realizing that I, that I was just giving these random ideas, but um, that's kind of a beautiful thing to, to let yourself be more free like that. 
I think we want people to not feel like they have to stick to the structure of the three pages. If you just write one page that morning, that's beautiful. If you don't write one morning, that's okay. If you decide you want to write in the afternoon or the evening, um, even if you take a week off and then come back to it, uh, we just don't want people to feel discouraged. But I definitely can speak to their has definitely been a therapeutic release for me writing every single morning in the last three years. It's honestly the only thing I have stuck to. Exercise comes and goes, <laughs> other, but um, for, for some reason, that is something that's really stuck with me. And that's, I never used to journal. I always wanted to be the person that journaled, but never did. So it can look differently for everyone, but I do think there there are some impactful, beautiful things from the morning pages. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because I wanted to say that it's it's not just people who want to take a path like you three have out of conventional lives and into mm-hmm. being an artist, but I think it's a much broader offering. And, and it's why when I heard about it right away, Kristen, you can verify this, I said, oh, oh, this is a great Canadian love map story. I have a radar that just goes bing, 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 bing. (laughs) And I so wanted to share that with our listeners, not just because of the relationship between the three of you, but as you know, we tell love stories of all kinds on this podcast. So it wasn't just your relationship, but also what you're offering. Can you talk about how your curiosity club is kind of love in action, how it represents love, uh, what you're giving? There's something to be said for being scared and doing it anyways. And I believe that's part of what falling in love feels like. Mm. And there's such a parallel between that and a creative experience. There's people that are afraid to call themselves artists. There are people that are afraid to do morning pages. I see that as a positive thing going into a program like this. It's going to help you overcome something and become your future self, become perhaps a better version of yourself, a more authentic version of yourself. That's what love feels like. Mm. And we hope, we we can only hope that we can curate that for others in the way that we've experienced it. The outcome really isn't all that important as far as what you're going to make or what you might do in this art show. Nope. It's really about going through the process and having a community around you to love and support you along the way. Yeah. And hopefully falling in love with yourself a little That's bit what more I was along going to the say. way. I think I'm realizing as you're saying that, Kristen, that the artist's way really is a program to, designed to almost help you fall back in love with or fall in love with yourself for the first time, mm. but fall in love with yourself and really get into the weeds of like who you are. So it could not be more about love in that sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's connection to others, but also to yourself. And that's so powerful. It's what Mm -hmm. most of us need, I think, Mm -hmm. connection on both of those levels. And Mm -hmm. it also strikes me that what you're talking about is being coaches and cheerleaders, but also peers and friends with the people that join you who are brave enough to join you. Yeah, the way we see it, Nancy, is like this could just be the first step of a journey. Perhaps somebody does the artist's way with us and then decides they want to keep working with Curiosity Club and 
maybe putting on an art show themselves, or maybe they're just going to start writing some songs and we put on a show, like we help them put on a full on show at some point. And that could be something that comes six months down the road or a year down the road. I think we all believe those ripple effects are are very real. So this will just be our first project and we'll keep on going. Beyond anything, I think there's also a real beauty in the idea that we can at the very least just um, hold someone's hand through the winter mm. and be company and be a lighthouse um, through through the dark, cold months, knowing that, you know, once a week I have this thing that I can rely on and I have these this beautiful community of like-minded weirdos who aren't going <laughs> to judge me and I can show up exactly as I am. Um, I r- remember last year there was a week where... I just didn't have it in me. It had been a really taxing, hard time. But I knew that I wanted to tune in to our Zoom call, to our Artist Way meeting. I didn't want to miss you guys because just sitting in presence with you was so comforting to me. But also knowing that I felt so safe with you guys to tell you at the beginning of the call, this week I can't talk. I'm coming to you with nothing. I don't have anything, but I want to sit in space with you. And if it's okay, I'm just going to turn my mic off and I'm going to sit here and just paint. But I just want to be in community with you. So I think that um, at the very least, even if somebody walks away from it and they don't feel particularly like they suddenly have discovered they're an artist, I could. I don't think it's about that so much as it is um, being there and letting and 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 letting someone know that we hear you, we see you, and this is a very safe place. I just want to hold people in a safe place, come as you are, and we're going to encourage you and coach you on, but there'll never be any judgment. And if you come every week and you've never done a single morning page and you've just come and you wanted to just sit in community and just listen, that's fine too. Yeah, no expectations, but encouragement. (laughs) Yeah, well, I really resonate with that phrase, like-minded weirdos. <laughs> I was like, You're yeah, in the club, that's Nancy. me, that's me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, you know, uh, Steph mentioned the ripples, and I am feeling those ripples, honestly, let the record show within myself in this conversation, because I'm going, yeah, I have a one-woman show in me. And yes, you do. And I, I'm really, you know, that's been percolating for a little while. I've thought about it from time to time because of my book. And I'm in this conversation, I'm going, yeah. And that's, I think, exactly the response you want people to have. Like, oh, yeah, yes. I think I have something to say. And to have that feeling of a safety net or, or a bunch of cheerleaders going, yeah, 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 you got this, really makes me feel like I could do that. So mm-hmm. thank and you we'll already. You, and we'll help you figure out the parts of putting on a one-woman show that aren't necessarily in your wheelhouse. <laughs> you can focus on being the star that you are. <laughs> okay. You know? Well, and the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> That's right. You're in Curiosity Club. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love I just love the name. And I'm going to wrap it up by asking a question I so often ask of of people, whether they're romantically linked or through family or through friendship. And that is, what is it you love most about each other? I had the opportunity to share. We're all going to ball. We'll start with that. But 
I shared with Steph last night how much I appreciate her way to ground us in recognizing the achievements that we've made, in recognizing what we've been able to overcome. We have put together this program and Curiosity Club, everything from a website to being on a podcast with Nancy Regan within <laughs> a month, really, because things have been so seamless. But I have a tendency to just kind of keep going and going. And Steph is always the person to remind us of our goodness, of the things that we have been able to offer to the world and point that out. And I just appreciate that in her so much. Always so positive. And Erin is the the mother hen. Uh, <laughs> she's the one that makes sure all the little bits of things are taken care of. She makes a point to check in with how we're feeling before we jump straight to work and I would say that both of them have in common just making me feel seen and celebrated and safe. Yeah. Mm. No. That's amazing. I know. Steph's already here. <laughs> I feel like I've been tearing up this entire time, Nancy, <laughs> but that's, mm. it's just been a beautiful conversation. So thank you. I feel the same. I feel the same way. I feel seen by both these women. Kristen has this amazing, uh, she's simultaneously so many things she's so powerful and yet she's so soft and she just has a way of understanding people and really making them feel seen and she does that with her podcast and she does that just with everyday conversations i just love her heart um and very proud to be her friend and aaron my goodness aaron's talents are just uh limitless and i think it's been really neat to because i was her mentee and she was my mentor um, to really kind of like be a mirror and see that she she started to see how much how much talent that she has. Um, so I really I, I love her lioness. Like she just takes on things, so many different things. Um, yeah. So they're just they're both incredible women, and I just love them so much. <laughs> All right, Aaron. I, I mean, I'm gonna I would echo the exact same things over and over again. I think at the end of the day, I think it's this magical way that we all feel seen for like the children we are inside. Mm -hmm. Like I really see you and I feel really seen by you. Um, and that you are two women that I admire so much and think so highly of. And I just am constantly in awe of all you do and all you create and your bravery and the fact that you see that in me and you also want to lift that up out of me i think it's just the yeah the way the way we make each other feel yeah. <laughs> it is a love story it's just <laughs> yeah how do you describe love nancy i mean it's that's a feeling that's the Right? We try to do it here every week, actually. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's, you know what it is. It's it's the feeling that I feel safe. Mm -hmm. I feel completely safe. My nervous system is completely regulated whenever I'm in company with these humans, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. I love you so much. Mm -hmm. Well, you just took the words out of my mouth because what I was going to say is what I'm hearing from all of you is there's a feeling of profound safety within your relationship. And that's when you can really show up as your true self. And that is power. And I just want to say thank you for showing up. You like minded weirdos. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that to guests, but I feel, you know, you've given me license. <laughs> you can have that one. That's amazing. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I guess, how can people find out more about the Curiosity Club? Well, certainly, thank you for having us. This was such a treat for us to be in here today. And we have a website, curiosityclubcreative.com. And we'll be launching our social media under the same handle. Mm -hmm. And we all have our individual businesses, but I think that's where we would point people is to find us as our, as our club members. Okay. <laughs> Giddy up. Let go. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.